0: Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, the SOFA podcast powered by VidPix. Today we are joined by the chief executive of a charity, Level Playing Field, who have recently launched their annual Weeks of Action campaign and represent the views of disabled sports fans. He became chief exec in 2018, having worked in the sport for social change sector for over 10 years. His previous roles at Level Playing Field include working for Saracen Sports Foundation, where he was senior sport development manager for their award winning foundation. Our guest for today's episode is Awain Davies. Thanks for joining us, Awain.
1: Thank you very much for having me,
0: Marcus. It's a pleasure to be on here. Brilliant. So firstly, to get us underway, um, can you tell us more about the main aims of your organisation um, for those who might not know?
1: sure so level playing field is uh, is a campaigning and advisory charity for that represents the views of disabled fans and I suppose that our, our vision simply is a world in which all disabled sports fans can freely access and enjoy live sporting events and um, the barriers to that are pretty are pretty diverse and but I suppose breaking them down loosely is around physical barriers and social barriers and the attitudes of, of people as well and so we we, we work around kind of breaking those barriers educating people in in what what is a barrier um and how to overcome um, but mainly what we want to do is t- to represent the real life experiences of disabled fans um because we just want to bring about that greater inclusion and you know, watching live sport and, and doing this it's a human right it's um it's and we want to make sure that it's available for everybody so so we work along those along those kind of key key aspects in, in tackling that we we want to adopt a proactive approach working with clubs and, and county fa's and governing bodies in about looking at what good practice is happening out there um so that we can share with with other organizations because disability is an evolving evolving, uh, evolving aspect and what happened five years ago um, is perhaps outdated now and we have to keep up with ta- the times but we also have to play our part in innovating and breaking those barriers down um, and that's really important because there's 14 million disabled people in the UK um, and it's the largest minor- minority group in any population um, and yeah and also with disability, it becomes more prevalent with age. So we need to you know as we, as we have an aging population, um, there's a higher likelihood that there' will be more disabled people as we go go forward. So we need to make sure that we safeguard and make and, and make our, our environments as accessible as possible.
0: Exactly, and it's so it's so important and the work that you guys do is it's fantastic and I think um, it shows throughout the, the, the year but the weeks of actions obviously it, it highlights it a lot. And mm-hmm. your role as, as chief Exec, as we mentioned in the intro. Um, I imagine your role is quite different to other chief execs from other organisations. It's probably more hands-on. It's probably you get involved a bit, bit more. I would imagine, um, being a charity as well. So, can you tell us more about your role and what you do within your organisation? Yeah.
1: Um. Well. Firstly, we are incredibly fortunate to have a passionate uh, and a knowledgeable set, a uh, um, uh, uh, group of staff, and, and and often it's my role is hanging onto their coattails Really, I think <laughs> is and uh, is to uh, to allow them to do work their magic and to do the brilliant work that they they are so so great at delivering. We have a brilliant board of trustees, which give us so much support in in the guidance of our charity and 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 and, 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 and they're representative of the people that we support as well and and, and advocate on behalf so but my role in particular as you said is is it's is a balance of everything we're only a small organization a team of six so we yeah. we all we all jump in onto every aspect so um you know my, primarily the kind of i suppose the the, the uh, main main aspect on the job description really is, is to, to oversee and to develop the strategy in how we tackle inclusion and and how we make it uh, bring it to life and bring it to a reality um, and yeah. how we capture the viewpoints of disabled fans and and one of the big pieces we've been looking at l- lately is that of course we need to understand the challenges and the barriers but but also what we need to do is to uh, capture the positive work that's happening and that we can educate um uh, and that we can support disabled people who don't go to watch live sport who don't take part that this is a possibility and there's a statistic that of disabled people don't take part in physical or recreational activity Um, and obviously something that no doubt Surrey FA are are doing in in their participation programs and, and with other work as well and that's something that watching live sport is that we need to understand that there's a huge cross section of that 14 million people who are not attending live sport and why why is that and we need to kind of work on on tackling that. So that's what my role is is looking to kind of to, to to develop on it. Um at the moment my my role is is packing a lot of boxes and 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 doing and sending out campaign material which is uh, which is due to the pandemic we that, that that's the yeah. way the world is and um but but yeah it's i I play a big part in engaging with uh, our stakeholders, you know governing bodies, clubs uh, and also you know fans are important part of what we do and we, 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 we hang on the adage of decisions for disabled people made by disabled people and, and we can't we can't do that unless we, we, we talk a lot, we engage a lot, we listen um, and we listen together to be able to kind of formulate those, those those views and opinions which are succinct, which are clear and that we can demonstrate to, to clubs and people who need to uh, to, to kind of to, to listen how this why it's important to make this
0: change. It's, exactly, no, it's, it's obviously it's been a really tough year. I think for obviously for everyone, but I think the especially I think disabled the disabled community. I mean, they, they have a lot of them have not been able to go out. A lot of them have not been able to do sport. Yeah. We've noticed no disabled teams have affiliated because they ca- they can't play. So your yeah. weeks of actions law, your weeks of actions law of last weekend. So how will the campaign this year differ compared to last year? Obviously, because fans won't be allowed in stadiums. Ooh. How will you still activate um, your campaign?
1: Yeah, it's the, the pandemic, I think for everybody, the pandemic has kind of provided you this this factor that you need to adapt and you need to review what what you know, understand what we can do and, and what we need to change to kind of get our message across. And never have we all felt the impact of life sport and how important it is. And never have we all felt the, the you know, being locked down and being isolated is, is a common reality for a number of disabled fans even outside of a pandemic because yeah. of barriers to participation. So this year we're really highlighting the importance of life sport. The importance of the life sport on on fans well-being, uh, from their mental well-being, their physical well-being, the connection to the community, the community, um, tackling social isolation, watching live sport ticks all of those boxes, you know, and 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 it's important that we understand that and we harness that. That watching live sport isn't just about. Turning up for ninety minutes, or you know, whatever your pre-match ritual is, whether it's a beer in the pub before or a pie on the way back, whatever it is, it's 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 something more than that. And watching live sport brings people together. You know, your you, your club rep- should represent your community, regardless of your age, race, gender, disability. That's you know, to a certain extent, during that ninety minutes, that's that's irrelevant. You're all supporting your team getting behind it and that's what we're looking to harness that but we we, from the campaign itself it's very social media is obviously been a big part Mm -hmm. during this campaign uh during this pandemic sorry and and that's something that we're building into our campaign we've seen a lot of clubs and county FAs requesting digital assets bespoke digital assets Mm -hmm. sharing stories of and projects that they're they're doing that um you know across uh, during the pandemic um and we just want to make sure that that access and inclusion is at the front of everybody's mind. So once we, you know, we're hopefully on the home straight of this pandemic, and we'll see, you know, fans coming back to the stadium soon. And we want to make sure that it's accessible from the get go, and we want to maintain that that progress that we've seen in a you know relatively um, short space of time, you know, before the pandemic hit. And we want to con- continue to build on that. Um, and, and however there are a large part of of the campaign which have maintained the same we've you know a lot of teams are getting behind with the the match day um, yeah. match day support with players wearing t-shirts and backing the campaign that way through program pieces and 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 also some really innovative activation which you know we we're, yeah. we're really excited to see
0: yeah, and I think, as you say, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot from, from clubs um, getting involved already, and I think it's fantastic. And there's so much that we could do even with with well, obviously live football still going on, but there's so much we can do without it. Um, and I've, obviously, there's I imagine there's quite a lot that you can do on the pitch in terms of um, other virtual mascots. I've seen clubs do it before. They can probably do that this week. I'm sure they will. Um, but... Obviously, with no football being played below the well below na- the national league at the moment, mm-hmm. what can our grassroots clubs or non-league clubs do to get involved with the campaign with no football being played? How can mm-hmm. they support?
1: Well well firstly to, to any of the clubs if they are uh you know when they listen to the podcast is that there's still time to get involved in the campaign for those clubs that haven't signed up and, and uh I urge you just to get in touch with level playing field at info at levelplayingfield.org.uk, um and just request some campaign material if you want some suggestions. Um but 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 mainly this is kind of obviously for the clubs lower down the leagues where there might not be fans or games going ahead ag- no games going ahead, sorry, is that is we've all felt isolated as is one point in this so a good opportunity that we've seen a lot of clubs do is to reach out for fans to host coffee mornings to, yeah. to get people together to talk to connect um, and to, to kind of work on that basis as well, where you can continue that, that dialogue. And, you know, there's a lot of people missing a lot of things and, yeah. and talking the sport can take, take your mind away from it. Um, also kind of looking at the, the campaign and what clubs can do to kind of to take their part is, is to show some of the, the case studies and the good work that they've done. Um, you know, looking forward, uh, looking back at, at, during the pandemic and, and before. Um, and then also then looking ahead. You know what yeah. what can we do to you know as games are going to become or as stadiums are going to be more accessible and grounds are going to be opening uh, be, with the pandemic and the restrictions relaxing is that what can be done to make it more accessible and whether that's um having a de- de- you know designated support in you know, a contact on a match day um, updating information on the website because information is so important for a disabled person when planning a match day and especially if you're new to a ground as well so thinking about the routes on how to get to the stadium is that an opportunity to update your website so that we can bring more fans to the stadium as well um you know is there accessible parking how much do you have to access it and and taking those opportunities to review those as well um and then also as well is is it's about just having the conversation about access and inclusion what does yeah. what does it look like getting people talking about access and inclusion and we can all play our part is, is the most important section you know is, yeah. is we can all play a part in in breaking down barriers being a support and, and 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 that's a really big piece we can do so we we've got campaign packs on our website how clubs can get involved um, and there's lots of detail in there, lots of suggestions. But if a club wants to kind of do something and you know through however they want, then we are happy to support in any way possible. Whether it's bespoke uh, digital assets, then there's a lot of clubs taking those on board, and County FA is doing that as well.
0: Yeah. So um, I was, we picked up on the future in terms of going forward and what and what more um, what clubs could do around their stadium on their website. Yeah. Talking about more about around their stadium in terms of grassroots clubs. Um, do you do like bespoke? support days when we when you can obviously when COVID's is not around but do you do those sort of days where you come and inspect the club almost and, and give them yeah. points and tips
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of things we get. Um, we we often get requests where if clubs are looking to do some stadium design, um, mm-hmm. that we, we will we will support clubs in making sure that those designs are accessible and um, yeah. uh, I, I, and then also as a part of our work that we do, we we do a lot of access audits from across the whole football pyramid from the Premier League all the way down to National League and below, and yeah. we where we do that 360 degree review of facilities uh, provide a, a pretty in-depth plan through our accredited access auditors who provide a, a route mapping on you know to clubs about how we can become more accessible and also to identify what's being done well as well and um, and then with that is providing the support for for clubs to to be able to kind of make the changes and how to kind of go about it it's, it's all well and good knowing what needs to be done but then yeah. you know it's also how do you do it as well so yeah so yeah. we do that a lot is a big part of our work obviously it's a, yeah. it's on pause at the moment with the pandemic yeah. um but a lot of clubs are getting in touch now as the uh, as as we're looking to reopen stadium with fans
0: yeah, and exactly. it's it's so important. I think there's there's so much you can do going forward, and I think that's um, it's all it's yeah, obviously the campaign right now, but I think that, that I imagine that will be a massive part of it. And talking to clubs of what they can do, I mean, that's really great to hear that you, that you do that, and clubs can can access that. So going on to more of the the challenges now for the for the, the disabled community when going on match day. So what kind of challenges are commonly encountered by supporters of clubs on match day and beyond as well?
1: Yeah. Um... So, so I kind of mentioned at the beginning is that the you know we follow the social model of disability as as most organisations do, and it's it's not and basically in, you know in in, in summary is, it's not the fact that a person's disabled that disables them from participation in the activities, how society is geared up. And that's the disabilitating factor and that's our disabling factor and and we need to kind of make sure that that we we're aware of that and there's probably three key parts to it there's the environment uh, environmental aspects the physical aspects and 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 then also the attitudes as well and um we need to kind of be aware of what what they are and what the barriers are diverse as i said in the match there you've got the physical infrastructure so you know, lack of lack of accessible parking or how you get to the stadium lack of toilets or accessible toilets something really simple it's the width of doors you know what you yeah, think could yeah. consider it you know for a powered wheelchair or you know wheelchair user having the turning space um is important Where that um one we often get is around sight lines so if people are standing up to get excited about a goal and that rush of rush of blood you know about to you're running down the wing then if you're standing up in front of a you know a disabled fan wheelchair user or ambulant disabled fan they can't move to get that vantage point so that experience right. is, yep. is reduced so it's educating around that so you know there's obviously about the design phase and and also about maybe locating where seats are and um, then you're looking at the attitudes as well so it could be attitudes of fans maybe the you know the the, the real life issue of of abuse you know sometimes that there's a perception around that um and and then also maybe of, of staff as well i think it's important that staff continue on this um this education piece and, and tra- staff training is really important about how we can be uh, provide an inclusive experience that empowers disabled people Mm-hmm. Um, and i think that's the important side is that the empowerment is really fundamental um and then also then around information um what information is out there what what does you know some it might be some disabled people have this perception that what football is it's not an inclusive environment we you know we yep. have you know le- lending itself to that 50% statistic that i mentioned before mm-hmm. is um is is how how can we kind of address that how can we educate people that disabled people that is an inclusive environment uh, that there is opportunity to kind of come um, yeah. as well and, and you know hosting open days at stadiums has been a really positive side engaging with disability you know groups in the community that to kind of to, to support and to provide this as a destination we've seen great examples of that taking place um, yeah. and, and 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 that's a really important thing is that we want to identify ways to to empower disabled people to have the choice and you know to choose actively that you want to go and watch sport or you don't want to go p- to watch sport but it's about having the choice is the is the kind of the bottom line
0: of it really. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the the activations and you've seen some great activations throughout throughout your time yes. at the level playing field. Next, in terms of the activations that you've seen what has there been any that have sort of st- stood out as a as the obviously has been some fantastic ones has been any that have stood out as like the best that you've seen that have really increased participation of number of disability fans at the games any clubs for example that you've got maybe yeah this
1: this the the these um you know, we 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 worked with with clubs across the leagues um, and about their activation and and some and just some also away from weeks of action where you know, there's a club in League Two that they'd uh, that they'd um, engaged with uh, a, a local autism provision um, and and service and they and they provided um, a stadium tour for you know some young fans to come and watch because so there's a lot of anxiety and just having that stadium tour gave those young fans some confidence just a, and an understanding of this is what this looks like uh, and yeah. this is what the experience will kind of look like you know without fans and then it allowed them to develop that uh, greater understanding and eased any uh eased anxiety um yeah. and and that really and that these these fans then came to watch the game and and and, and continue to go and watch the game so it was a brilliant yeah. way to to kind of to do that um also uh, you, you see some activation pieces where we're you know on weeks of action where clubs have teamed up with local charities and um, we've seen charities take uh, a you know, group of, uh, of of disabled people down to watch the game some for the first time and having that confidence to to kind of go in, the, in, in a group to watch life sport and and the feedback we've had is that, you know, disabled fans have stayed, you know, to watch games post-weeks of action because they didn't realise that there was an opportunity to kind of do that. Um, we've seen clubs during this pandemic and for this week's of action that they're, uh, they're putting on uh, webinars, you know, mental, mental wellbeing webinars to kind of assist um, and to support during this kind of pandemic. And, and, and also clubs looking at how can we make the environment more accessible, and 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 one club focusing on uh, on staff training, you know, to be able to in yeah. preparation for this and to assist around that as well. So putting those infrastructure pieces in place and 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 the training for staff is really important as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot of way, and I think the bottom the bottom line of it is is having engagement, talking to disabled fans, and yeah. and going back to the point I mentioned, it's decisions for disabled people made by disabled people, engaging with that. Having, having inclusion groups, working groups, and being able yeah. to kind of get that feedback and being able to act on it as well.
0: Totally, and I think there's this, I spoke to someone recently about it in terms of Asian inclusion, and it's, it's, he mentioned very, something very similar. In terms so what you said in terms of clubs actually going into the community and yeah. speaking to the people and getting them to come down and giving them that, that sort of day day in yeah. their life and 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 then they've gone back ever since so it's 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 so important what, what can be done and i think that's a massive huge part of going into community and people can then as you say go back for the rest of their life um, mm. and feel safe and that's really important so more and so finally in terms of the changes we mentioned we mentioned quite a lot of changes that the clubs can do um but more on a on a on a for our clubs level so so grassroots proper level in terms of getting people Uh, either if there's a disabled um, family member or someone in the in the club that wants to come down what's some really simple and quick easy changes that these clubs can make within within however long really quickly and just get them so they can give an example of good practice
1: yeah, sure. So,
0: so firstly, I think the there is this,
1: con, uh, this common misconception that to be accessible for disabled, you know, people, disabled fans is is always really, really expensive. Um, but it's not. There's so there, you know there is there is an aspect that there there is the capital cost for for making things inclusive. Um, but there are a lot of either low cost or no cost options to be able to make the place accessible. Yeah. So first off, it's around information. What have you got? What can you provide? Because um, we'll see it, and you know, loads of accessible parking at you know at grassroots clubs, or you know, there might be a, there will be some uh, there, but maybe yeah. on the website when a disabled person is kind of mapping out, or can we go there? They they doesn't mention it. So therefore, they, they, they think, well, it's not accessible and I can't go. Um, but that provision is there. So it's kind of reviewing what you do have and, and, and sharing it, broadcasting it, having an accessible landing page on your website, outlining these are all the accessible facilities we have: accessible toilets, it's ramped entrances. If it's your wheelchair user, or there's push pads on the door if you're ambulant, disabled, and um, you know whatever it particularly may be, um, is really is a really straightforward kind of task. And um, secondly, it's about having a designated named person. So, a disabled person, as I mentioned, um, if they're visiting a stadium or a ground for the first time, they might have a lot of questions. Um, yeah. And somebody that they get a designated port of call that can be able to ask this answer those questions. And importantly, having that. That information in a di- uh, how to contact in a diverse way uh, email phone call um, is really important just to make sure it's accessible for everybody if you're blind or partially sighted or if you're deaf or hard of hearing um, that, that that you have those opp- opportunities to to engage with that as well um, and then there's like simple things as well when you're in uh, we see accessible toilets or disabled toilets mm-hmm. uh, a common thing we get there's a it's usually a large transfer space next to the toilet and and often in those facilities that you'll see bins in there or, or, or covering those spaces is understanding why that space is there. And that's, um, yeah. you know, making sure it's clear and it's just ready to use at all times. So um, that, that that's a big point. And, and that's something where we provide advice and guidance on. And, and I'd urge any club, if you want any support with that, is, is to get in touch with us. You know, we can we can help. Love that um, but one of the things that I would really suggest, and you see a lot of you know a lot of benefit from it, is to have have a working group have or an inclusion group where you can you know meet quarterly with disabled mm. people in the community. They might not come to the club, or that you might have that at the club already, and to discuss. You know, to, and to have those honest conversations and think that this is a part of our roadmap to being more successful and one of the um, points that we see is that our current minimum standard for disabled people is you know is very low and you know it might be like them to we're currently at the basement and we want to aim for Everest mm. and you know and that's something that we really want to kind of do and we want to continue to evolve we're not going to get to a point where brilliant we've achieved it you know the yep. big tick box we it's going to be continually evolving as we said what you know, pre, you know earlier in the in the this chat we've had is that what was acceptable five years ago is probably not acceptable now and we need to kind of evolve with that and we also need to innovate with that as well and um it's, it's exciting kind of to, to kind of to, to to have that mindset so that we can develop and grow.
0: Totally, I think you're right there's so much that it's never going to change and there's always as you say there's always going to be um, changes that need to be made and made and I think it's it's really important that we that we do that as a community as a football community and, and make make sure that everyone is welcome because football is for everyone at the end of the day
1: yeah exactly it follows our you know our you know our key you know key Ac- access for all you know and I think that's that's what it is is providing choice and football yeah. And sport is a brilliant thing about bringing people together. And you know, if it simply is wherever your club is, it's important. You know, it's in in the country, it's important that it represents the community that it sits in. That it's diverse, then you have the the huge benefits of that diversity
0: that come to your ground. And that's when we achieve that. It's a great thing to have. Definitely, and that brings us to the end of our podcast and it's been fantastic to speak to you, Owen, and I've loved hearing about, about more, more about Little Play Field, what we can do, what clubs can do, and I think there's some real learnings in there for our, for our clubs and, and other clubs as well. So thank you very much.
1: No, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on Stoppage Time, Marcus.
0: No problem, thank you. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook, at Surrey County FA on Instagram and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care, and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.